For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jeff burton jamie rivers it is playoff time here uh boys uh. and uh but before you know what this is very random uh completely off the beaten path um, and an absolute shameless plug for uh, for Jeff Burton. But, dude, those new zip-up hoodies that you have in that Beeline store. Oh, man, thanks. Dude, those are really sharp. Thank and you, you were, and you do the really soft stuff too, which I yeah, very much yeah. appreciate because like I'm particular too. these days. Thank I like you, that man. too, and they are really, really, really good looking. Because when I look at Jeff, I think, "Wow, that looks good." Yeah, that, my friend, <laughs> that is tough to that's, do. That's <laughs> polishing a turd right so, there, Jeff Beeline. Tell yeah. us about Beeline. Oh, it's 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 a really cool uh, uh, clothing company that I started a handful of years ago, and it's all positive messaging, like be happy, be you know uh, groovy, be you know all this other stuff, and it's all on on shirts and whatnot and uh change of partnership and we just got it back up on uh on the on online it's beelinestuff.com and the zippies you know why we got zippies on there chef will pelly said i will buy one if you put up a zippy and he bought one today well i would prefer that we call we call them anything other than zippies but i appreciate what they are zip and what they zip, zip up, up a zip up jacket a, a hoodie with a zipper zip ups no? i just i just the zippy word i don't know it reminds it me of brecky i just i can't <laughs> oh, you know I, like I, when I somebody it. says brecky get it you yeah, know, oh. like like it's just obnoxious. So like wakey wakey eggs and bakey. Oh, no, yeah. mm. boy, that's no. some that's a bad memories that's ribs. A bad one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a bad memories man. So I have a question then, since we're talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I listened to the podcast yesterday. By the way, we are good. Sometimes we can. We be. are yeah. really really good. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> the NHL is good, but this is good. Uh, we did the hockey video with uh, with Riz and you and taking slap shots and yeah. everything not too long ago. Yep. You remember at the end of the video, I fell on my butt big time. Yeah, I saw you going for the slap shot. And I, I think I saw a spike strip get thrown out. Yeah. Gotcha. I got, I, somebody RKO'd me, and I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I rang it off the bar, by the way. Um, and I fell on my butt. And one of the reasons why is, A, I'm an adult that hasn't played hockey in a while. And also, my skates weren't sharpened at all. It, you know you know how you can stand on them and they'll be like this or like that? Yeah. It was horrible. So I was thinking about that yesterday when I was listening to the podcast. Then you brought up your company, Synergy Hockey. Yes. And you started talking about camps and stuff like yeah. that. Is there adult learn to skate or learn to play camps with you or is it just the kiddo dude i'm so glad you asked that because i've been wanting to ask him to teach me to skate for months but i'm too i'm too afraid i'm the same way so we we thought about this right before pandemicville there however long that is feels like eons ago and and that was the one program that we never really had a chance to get behind because we were in scramble mode just to be able to get our regular camps out and do the right thing and have a good product out there so it's out there, and I guess if we had a big enough demand right now for this year, we would reopen it. But I, for me, it's something we target for next summer, just because it's a different animal. Yeah, like we want to make it, uh, 
you know, a couple of alumni guys come out and help run the camp, run it the way we would for regular camp, except at the end of each session, you'd play like a little cross ice game or a full ice game. And then afterwards, it's man soda time, right? Right, right. Like have a few beers in the room, tell some stories, have a few laughs. That kind of stuff. I want to sign up for this right yeah, now. Yeah. Like, right now, like, if you do this, I am 100%. All right. and, I think 100%. It, and I think it's also for, at least for me, it would be, I played hockey growing up. A lot of it was roller hockey. Then I went to ice hockey. Then it's been several years. So I think it'd be cool just to as a refresher for someone like myself. But for people who've never played before, I think it'd be fantastic to have those two together. And then former Blues players, too. Ah, oh, it'd be badass. It'd be fun. And the one thing, too, that's fun about it is is the direction we were headed in at the same time was parents of kids who are currently registered with Synergy Hockey who come out to the camps and do our lessons and whatnot. Because parents always get on the kids, right? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? So I was like, hey, why don't we run this for the parents? Parents come out, and we'll put you through, I mean, the exact practice, the same thing. And then a couple things. You'll realize that, one, it's not so easy. Yeah. And, two, then you'll see exactly what we're talking about when little Johnny, little Timmy, little Sally need to work on their edges going left or right. And you'll be like, okay, now I know that because I I hit the ice on that one. I couldn't hit the puck this way. I couldn't pass the puck that it's like a it's like a whole hockey one oh one for parents who, you know, sometimes get caught up in it and realize or and don't realize that uh it's a little harder than it looks. Well and I, so it was a combination of that kind and then the the beer leaguer type guys that want to come in and have some fun, but you know, develop some skills too, because to your point, Jeff there's beer league teams all over the city and guys have no way to get better except right. they play once a week and they're like, Okay, I'm gonna try and get better. Well, imagine if they could come out for a week and work on some skills and learn how to shoot a puck the right way, pass a puck the right way. You said, hey, the, 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 the framing is there, is the demand there. Why don't we find out if how many people listen to this program would actually sign up for that? Dude, That's I, the biggest thing is we never really got a full yeah. read on what the demand would be for it. And it, it would have to be you know somewhere between 25 and 30 people that would be able to sign up for this to make it to cover all expenses. Sure, obviously yeah, yeah. we'd have you know, the, the ice time, uh, we'd have... Uh, Coaching staff, people who work in the office, the administration. There's a whole bunch of stuff that go now, into it. If we do this, do you want me to be on the student side or the coaching side? <laughs> Actually, because I, you know. Well, you... Jeff, you're, you're um, <laughs> let's see here. You're a great motivator. So, no, but hang on. He's being so nice. No, he can wear two hats in this one. All right. Okay, and I believe Beeline makes hats, don't Yes, you? they oh, certainly do. BeelineStuff.com. There you go. So you put a Beeline hat on, and you're in the room, and you can talk to people and motivate them. And then when you get on the ice... You'll switch hats, do the Synergy Hockey hat, and you'll get over in line, and you'll learn how to do it. So you'll motivate them off the ice, and then you'll listen. This, this is all sarcasm. Right, a little I bit, think. a little bit. Hey, smelling and sarcasm. We, we were going to talk about this, but then we started talking about the Blues. So before we do that, didn't a couple weekends ago, didn't your your fellas win your first ever tournament, the Synergy Hockey? Yeah. Like, your team won your first yeah. tournament? Yeah, we... Um, what age group? Yeah. Uh, it was uh, U10. Nice. So 10 years old and under, and... Um, it, we've been running Synergy Hockey for a number of years now, about six years, and we've always just done lessons, camps, small group training, NHL guys, like just just skill stuff. And we never put a team together for a couple of reasons. One is you hate to put a team together and go wax everybody, and then everybody hates you. Or you hate to put a team together and it doesn't work the right way and people are unsatisfied. Your camp looks bad. Then. Whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. You know. So I was like, ah, you know what, screw it. Let's just put together a bunch of kids who are, uh, you know, wreck level, a little bit above, and maybe some a little bit below. We had a couple of kids who were first time on the ice when they started in the spring, 
And so the program we ran, it was all spring, you got two skill sessions a week. And at the end of the spring, we entered the team into a tournament here in St. Louis, ultimate tournaments. And in the U10 division, uh, the Synergy Hockey team, who have never played together, by the way, we put jerseys on, had numbers. Uh, Synergy Hockey team ran the table. Damn. Went 4-0, wow. uh, won the championship. I'm sure there's some people that were like, this is some BS. <laughs> were you coaching? I was coaching. Yeah, man. Trust me, it had nothing to do with the coaching. The kids were awesome. <laughs> I've seen him coach. He's right. Yeah, trust me. The record speaks for itself. Um no, it was awesome. The kids had a blast. They got this big, big trophy, and they all got a little trophy. And so we're going to probably do that again next spring and probably, you know, expand it to some different age brackets. And, you know, we want to stay in the sweet spot where, because the elite kids, they all have somewhere to play. They've got the AAA tournaments and all this AAA training and all that stuff. And they're they're already developing. They've got their thing. But I always feel like the kids below that kind of get left behind where they've got to kind of piece it together to try and get better and piece it together to try and find a good team to play in a tournament for. And so we just thought, you know, let's put this team together, put it like a U10, a U11, and U12, something like that, and we're going to do it next. We're going to go full throttle, try to to uh, to put a team in every category. Wow, wow. that's awesome. Yeah. Man, I would bet you that you are a fantastic coach to deal with the parent who is being an absolute douche nozzle. I bet you that you are they have the exact sweet spot because that's changed a lot since we were kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I went and watched a friend's uh, kid play up at the old Hardy's Ice Complex, and he was playing with McKinnis's kid, who now has had a, couple of cof- a cup of coffee with the NHL yep. once or twice. Hockey parents can be the worst. More than once, cops were called, and one of the times it got so bad that they went to the security camera and watched video to see who started whatever. Dude, that's crazy. It's nuts, man. And that's why, too, going back to my original thought of parents who are uh, parents who think they can do everything, you know, I'll put them on the ice. Let's see how good you are. And then let's see, you know, when the coaches, when you're not happy with the coach because your kid doesn't do this right, well, maybe you can see exactly how hard that is to do. And I'm okay with parents, okay? Um, I've gotten a little more callous over the years because parents tend to sometimes, not all of them, not all of them, some are in fantastic. We're talking about the 1%. Yes, this yeah, is yeah. a minority of people. This right. is a 1% because right. I have uh, relationships and friendships from coaching youth hockey here that I'll have for life that are some of the best people I've ever come across that I wouldn't have met otherwise. And so, but that 1%, they've gotten more aggressive over the years. And um, they think that they know more than everybody. They think that they know more than the coach. They think that they know more than the NHL guys. And those people there have to be put in their place a little bit. I mean, there's a couple times where I've been like, listen, I get hired to do this job. Next year, you can take your name and put it in the hat. And if you get picked, then you can run this team. Can you see that? Good luck. Can you see that from a mile away when the family first walks into the percent. Yeah. The family that asks all the wrong questions. You know right away. Not the family. One of the family members that asks all the wrong Because it's not going to be the kid. Because it's, uh, well, how much is little Johnny going to play this year? Well, I don't know. How hard is he going to work? How well is he going to play? How much of a good teammate is he going to be? Yeah, these are things these we are don't know. These are all things we're going to So I can't tell you. Well, the team over there said that uh, he was going to be on their power play. Well, okay, then. Well, you should probably go take yeah, that what, offer. What are you doing here? <laughs> and it's just like parents become like negotiators, and they want to leverage the kid. I'm like, listen, dude. Uh, I don't want, I don't offer the kid a spot before he tries out because I think it should be a level playing field. Some people, some coaches do that. They'll be like, oh, yeah, just bring your kid. He's on the team. Don't worry about it. He's on the team. Right. 
All right, well, that's where all the problems start because everybody's like, well, that coach said my team. Good. Go over there then. He must be great. Yeah. Have fun. But now, well, I make them try out, and then uh, kids work their way into positions. That's just the way it is. Kind of sounds like the NHL almost, doesn't right. it? Right. Uh, and, and as a person whose name is on Synergy Hockey, again, I want to repeat, that's like 1%. Everybody else seems to be pretty Oh, gosh, cool. yeah, yeah. And even, like, the number is even greater because when you're coaching a youth team, you've got, you know, to, what, to 12 to 18 kids, depending on their birth year. And But with Synergy Hockey, I've got – 70 kids in a week and we're operating two groups. So I'm, there's a lot of different personalities, a lot of different families. And with synergy hockey, the biggest thing is we're trying to just show improvement. To yeah. The kid. And you know, accountability, make sure when you hit the ice, you're working hard, but you got to have fun. I don't want the kid who's miserable over in the corner. He's working so hard because mom or dad said, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. No, have some fun here. Okay. I worked my butt off my whole life. And while I was doing it, I had fun. Right. So it's possible. You can't tell me it's impossible. You can do it. Look at Marc-Andre Fleury right now in the playoffs. This guy, you can't get a grease BB past this guy, and every time there's a stoppage in play, he's laughing and joking with the referee. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like it's an overtime. Yeah. And he's like, ha, ha, that was a good one, right? <laughs> it's like, so you can have fun and work hard and play well all in the same breath. Is it, is it, so by what you're saying there, you know, sometimes people will give athletes trouble, you know, if they're, you know, if they're joking around during the game, if they're joking around with the player for the other team, that sort of thing. But to me, man, most of the time, that's that guy that gets to play a game for a profession for his living. So there's got to be the good time aspect to it. Well, or you and shouldn't also, be playing. also Marc-Andre Fleury can back it up with success. 100%. You know. Yeah. yeah he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. For one thing, he's got, what, three Stanley Cup rings. Uh, he's first all time in consecutive postseasons played, 15 postseasons in a row now. Damn. So, yeah, he, he can kind of do as he pleases as long as he keeps stopping that puck, which he's doing pretty well right now. So, uh, tonight, game two, Blues and Abs. Boys, how are we feeling about tonight? I don't know yet. It's too early for me <laughs> yeah. you know. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Because I, I like to think that it's going to be the same lineup that's going to go out there and they're going to answer what they didn't do Monday night. But I don't know. I don't know if it's the same lineup. I don't know if anybody's heard anything. Yeah, I haven't seen anything just quite yet. I don't think that the fellas played bad on Monday. I just feel like it wasn't. I think they could have gotten more out of the 60 than they did. Yeah, and we we had uh, Kerber on the Rizzuto show this morning, and he brought up your boy Dakota Joshua and said, I wouldn't mind seeing that dude out there too. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him out there. Um, look, it's going to be a tough situation to really manipulate the lineup. Jeff, I said yesterday on the fast lane, I'd like to see your boy. I'd oh, like to no, see, I heard it. I heard I'd it. like to see Clem Shady out there, and I'd like to see him playing with Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. I just think that... If the building is on fire right now, I will not be able to get yeah. up and run out. Just I, saying Because uh, you, you said put him with O'Reilly and you called him Clem Shady. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my gosh. I just think that he brings a unique skill set to that line. He's big. He's fast. He'll go to the front of the net. He'll do the dirty work. Ryan O'Reilly does all the work, as we know. And maybe that'll just make it easier for Vladdy. Everybody right now is talking about how he, he's disappearing and you can't find him and he's not going to the front of the net and he needs to go to the front of the net. All of these things are true. They're true. But then why don't we just make it a little e- easier on Vladdy? And that sounds crazy. Cause, well, he should want it more. I get it. But you're in the playoffs right yeah, now. Make it okay? easy on him. Why don't you just make it easier on him and have him score two goals? And then we can all sit there and go, okay, Vladdy's pretty good again. Right? Right, he's back. Yeah. He's back. Yay. But, but that said, though, Jamie, Coach Barubi yesterday, even, and I don't know the exact statement, but he had said that he enjoyed the way, or thought, he thought that Vladimir started, 
started he did some well, good but you're yeah. right, but did yeah. not play the full 60. So can you sort of uh, do your magical reading between the lines and tell us which <laughs> Coach Barubi is actually really saying there? Well, he's actually telling you the truth. Really? Yeah, he's There's not you, like a little hidden something no, or the other? He's telling you that he had a good first period, which he did. He was involved, hit the post. He had one opportunity where he drove wide, cut to the middle with one hand on the stick, tried to push it back five hole. Oh, love that. Right? It was great. Oh, my gosh. But then he kind of disappeared. So he's got to give a full 60. I mean, Coach Berube is being pretty darn honest about it. Got it. That's why, you know, I, I just think that it's easy to focus on Vladdy sometimes. Nothing against Ivan Barbashev. I think he's great. Uh, I think he's great in a different role, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I just would like to see Costin O'Reilly and Tarasenko. I'd like to reunite Shen, Cairo, and Schwartz. I think that that's a, a no-brainer. I'd love to see Bozak between Hoffman and Thomas. And on the fourth line, for now, I'd like to see Barbashev, Center, Blay, and Clifford. Okay. Would... And the re- people are all over me yesterday about Clifford, Clifford, Clifford. And I know I've been... I have been lukewarm to cold to lukewarm with Kyle Clifford <laughs> right, this year. Okay? Right. I think that's very accurate. Actually. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about what happened at the end of last game, as irrelevant as it may seem to, oh, well, now they're fighting back. Now they're getting rough and tumble. It was purposeful. The guy that he went after in front of the net is a guy that that poked Ryan O'Reilly behind the knee in front of the net and made him like starfish. Dangerous play. Then McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon gets the puck, goes down and scores. So that play was relevant to one, the empty netter. Maybe not to the game, but to the empty netter. And then Colorado leaves that guy out. Chief puts out the fourth line. Kyle Clifford finds a way to make a beeline right to the front and cross-checks that Nemeth hard. But he's doing what you have wanted him to do all year. Correct. Maybe a little late, okay? okay. But still, what I liked about it is if it would have ended there, I think I would have been like, nah. Didn't really make an impact. But then Grubauer gives him a little poke, and a lot of guys would ignore that because it's the goalie. Well, he turns and spears Grubauer and then goes after him, and then we got a whole Donnybrook going on. So in my opinion, you leave that guy in there because that other team now is thinking, you know, one, maybe I want to get that guy back. How, yep. how dare he touch the goalie? That's BS. It's whatever. Right. Or two, I'm looking over my shoulder because I don't know what this guy's about to do. So I would give Cliffy, you know – one more chance. I'd give him another audition here on that fourth line. And if it doesn't work, then it's easy. I slide Barbashev to the left wing for game three and put Dakota Joshua in the middle with Blay, Barbashev, and Joshua. So if that little to-do would not have happened with Kyle Clifford, he would have been out of the lineup I believe he would have been out I believe he would have been out of there. And he might still. Donnie, I'm telling you, he might still be out of there because – you know, maybe Dakota Joshua, when you look back at the track record, who has stirred up more dust in their appearances? Well, it's been Dakota Joshua, yeah. especially his last two. He crushed Ryan Reeves behind the net and fought one of the Vegas players. Then he crushed two guys his first shift against, what was it, Dallas? And then he ended up in a fight with one, or against Minnesota, rather, and then he ends up in a fight with those guys. So I'm like... Maybe this is the guy you need to put in there. Maybe so you, is you this, need to make that change. Is the change of thought because of what happened in game one, or is it because of it is game two and you're down 0-1? But the, the, the thought here has always been, how many Stanley Cup rings do we have out on, on the ice? You take Clifford off, you've taken two of them. Yeah, this is true, but... Um... Yeah, Oops, are you, you're sometimes. changing your thought because of what's going on, I guess? No, you, you, look, at the, the, uh, the, the situation in the playoffs is always fluid. 
right? Because you right now we don't know who's injured, who's not, how bad, this, that, the ice packs. Don't know. And uh, it's tough to say. Do the Stanley Cup rings mean something? I believe they do. I believe they do specifically in a series like this where you're the underdog and you're outmatched in game one. I think a guy like Kyle Clifford, who was playing for the Kings, and they limped into the playoffs in eighth place and were the underdog all the way through and won the Stanley Cup. I think he's got some knowledge on how to do this. And I think that the Blues players who have the Stanley Cup rings also have knowledge. Not quite as big an underdog when they came into the playoffs, but halfway through the year they were. So I I think there's value to that, but sometimes you have to ignore some of that value and just go flat-out youth and energy and exuberance and just say, let's go, pedal to the metal. I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. Jordan Bennington on Monday night. Uh, I mean... You mean uh, goalie Jesus. I mean, you know, (laughs) if there was ever any sort of doubt about us having a number one, which hopefully at this point we didn't, I mean, this guy, it seems like the biggest games, he, like, feasts on it. Like, he just loves it, and that's exactly what we need. But I feel like there are certain instances where the team is not playing, as we said before, the full 60 around him, and it frustrates the bejesus out of me because I see him out there bleeding for it, and maybe not everybody bleeding for it. Yeah, no, I agree. Go ahead. There's not really a question No, there really is just a a statement more than anything else. Well, okay, in the locker room. I knew he had something. (laughs) (laughs) You wait long enough. It's going to. Does this affect conversation in the locker room? No. No, God, no, no. no. It, listen. I don't mean like, hey, guys, come on, score some goals. But I mean more hey like, hey, guys, I'm good. You suck. No, no, Let's I don't fix mean this. Not with Jordan. <laughs> I mean with everybody else. Kind of is this where the leaders are going? Come on, man, this guy's standing on his head. Let's go. Oh, absolutely. Boys. Okay, yeah, that happens for sure because Ryan O'Reilly said it right after the game. After game one was like, uh, hey, listen, Jordan Bennington's our best player, and without him tonight, it's a disaster. Out yeah, there. You know, yeah. That's paraphrasing, of course, uh, because I don't want to put words in his mouth. <laughs> I'm sure right. he wouldn't want that either. <laughs> no. He's seen my act. Now, um, (laughs) no, but Jordan Bennington, guys, he's the guy that said we're coming, right? We're coming. And his save percentage has been incredible since that point. And game one, it was incredible. I mean, what was it, 50 shots on goal? That's including the empty net goal. And they scored three on. So, you mean, what, 47 saves? (laughs) So, 49 shots on Bennington, 46 saves. That's a pretty decent night. So, and like 21 of them in the first period. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so is decreasing, and this might be dumb, dude, and I know you'll tell me if it is, but is but is decreasing the shot load that he takes tonight, is that a focus tonight? Or uh, is or is this an instance of old school blues who got 50 shots on goal, but 10 of those were not really, you know, high, high leverage kind of great yeah, shots? No. Or was it the game plan not being followed, and that's why there was okay, so you many guys shots. are asking, are you doing this to me again? You're asking me two completely different questions that don't go together. Well, so just answer them yeah, differently. Yeah, Jared, but come I can, on. I can only go one at a time. <laughs> okay, here, Donnie was first, so, so go ahead. Jeff, write yours down because I know you'll forget. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had as, a question? As will I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Donnie, your question about that is, n- no, it's not a question of just – Throwing pucks at the net, funneling pucks. No, they had prime scoring they had chances. Some really great ones, yeah. They had some amazing chances. That top line, McKinnon had six shots on goal. Ranton had six shots on goal. I think Gabriel Landeskog had four shots on goal. It's way too much. They had eight points as a line, and that, that's too much. It was too many quality opportunities, and they were too often. So 
not only do you want to limit the quantity, but you want to limit the quality. So now, Jeff, back to your question. Yes, sir. I don't remember what it was. I hope you have it. It's okay. I got it here. Uh, I think I got it. I can rewind. Hold on a second. What did he say again? Dude, I told you I wouldn't remember. I barely remembered mine. Was there a lot of shots on goal because they didn't uh, go by the game plan, the system? Yeah. Uh, yes and no. Here's where I think they fell short. And some might disagree with me, and that's fine. Uh, but I don't think the Blues were physical enough. And some people were patting them on the back after the first game going, boy, they bl- they brought that physicality and they tried and it didn't work. I watched the games and I, I used the video and I keep stats and do all this stuff. There were 24 turnaways on hits. 24 Wow. 24 scenarios where I believe, without running out of position, the player could have finished the uh, the opposing player, hit him, and there were flybys. Wow. And I understand there's a part of it that you don't want to get caught on the wrong side of the puck because if you fly through and hit him and he spins off you and now you're chasing him back up the ice. Correct. So I even I dove back into that and ended up being about 16 at the end of the day that I felt were low-risk as far as finishing their hits, where they had a good angle, they were above the player, and even upon contact, they would have stayed above the player. Can't happen. Is you there can't a- have you. Kale McCarr had like eight flybys on him. Are you kidding me? This is a guy you want to put in the 10th row every single time you can. Is there a certain perpetrator that's doing this more often than not, or is There's it a team-wide a, thing? It's half the team. It's half the team. And you oh, go through, God. That's yeah, you not go good. through NHL.com, they'll show you a hit chart, and it's relatively accurate but there's guys with zeros zero 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 like come on this is the playoffs bump into somebody by accident right yeah like, there's no way that you played a whole game and didn't put yourself in a position to where you could bump into one person i, I that's that's I, scary to think in the regular season yeah, much less and the and playoffs and to hear them say half of them yeah like half of them man. like half is, okay so even if it's a third, Jamie, that's a fucking I'll give, lot. You know what? No hits. I'll give Huso no hits. That's fine. That's <laughs> right. okay. Huso had a hit in warm-up. No. <laughs> but so the, the problem ends up being there is you have a team that's extremely fast, extremely skilled that you're playing against. And if you don't slow them down in some capacity, then you're screwed. Then and they're going to get 50 shots on goal. Correct. And there's going to be gaps. And what I didn't like was here's two strategies. Either you go physical or you say, screw it, we're not going physical, and you fly by, but everybody retreats back to the middle of the ice. And you keep reloading the middle of the ice. But eventually that's going to bite you too because this team's really fast mm. and really skilled. So you can't play that game. So you have to have the physicality and then – you have to work to get back above the puck, meaning you have to get between the puck and your net again, or the, between the player that you're playing against and your net. Always. That's the, that's the, the trick is for forwards and like the wingers, stay ahead of their defensemen between their D and your net, everywhere in the ice. If you can manage to do that, then the odds are you've stacked the deck at least defensively. And so when you go and you run in there and you hit a guy, don't hit there and pause for the cameras. Hammer the guy, get the feet going back up the ice, but not just back up the ice, back up the middle of the ice. Why do we do that? Just in case there's a pass through the middle? Correct. Everything that's going to hurt you usually generates through the middle of the ice at some point. And if it's not in the middle of the ice and they stay wide, you guys, it's just like a wedge, right? You can just force them over. Between one, two, or three guys on that side of the ice, you can just wedge them into the boards. Best case scenario 
is you get a turnover in the neutral zone. Worst case scenario, it's a dump in. You have to go battle for a 50-50 puck. Sure. It's better than letting them fly through there with Man. speed. It's amazing. All of those opportunities you t- or all those scenarios you just talked about is rot for hitting, yet there's still people that had zero hits. That's yeah. amazing. That's it's amazing. Get, that's, you know what, dude? That's scary to me. Yeah, it is. It is. I had the same amount of hits as random blues player. You did. You might have had more. I've seen how much you were drinking the other night. Like, like and I just and it just bums me out so much that we, it, that, that we're that we're having to to question these guys in the playoffs. You know, I mean, I would hate this if this was a game against you know the Islanders in February. Yeah. I would hate that. But now that it's the playoffs and you got to tell dudes to dial it in and to and to 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 throw an elbow and to make sure they get physical. Why aren't they okay, just but, doing it already? Okay, you're right. But, but here's where we got to give the players a little leniency on All this right. one. Okay, is. Um, it's very, for some guys, this is not the way they play the game. Some guys, it's like foreign to them. So, but I always say, when it comes playoff time, you have to do something that you don't normally do in yeah. order for your team to win. And I watched it firsthand with many, many great players here in St. Louis. I watched Brett Hull block shots. I watched Brett Hull chip the puck in instead of trying to dangle a guy. And then when I went to Detroit, Jeff, your favorite team. You played there? Uh, yeah. I watched Steve Eiserman lay out in front of slap shots, in front of Al McKinnis slap shots. Ooh, just that's laying not a smart out. decision. No, he's our best player. He's right. our captain. Yeah. But he's doing it because he knows that if everybody sees me doing something I don't normally do, they will in turn do something that they don't normally do. So that's one thing. We're asking them to get out of their comfort zone. And some guys, it takes a little bit to do that. And two, the poison is the other team. They're trying to push their their agenda, too, at the same time, right? Because the Avalanche would much rather make this an all-star game. Go, 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 go. And some of our guys get caught up in that. So it's just like uh, if you look at like a boxer, there's a certain style of boxer. Maybe he's a southpaw, and the other guy's a more traditional right-handed fighter. One of those fighters at some point starts to fight the other guy's fight. Not even willingly, it just happens. And that's usually when that guy loses, right? yeah. yeah. And so the same thing can be said in hockey is where you start to play the other guy's game, then it, that's where you're losing the game. That's where it's slipping away from your fingertips is when you start to try and play their style of game. When you drag it back to your side is when you turn it, in my opinion, we turn this series into an absolute street fight. We do that, and if we can get Colorado to buy into that and then go looking for guys to hit guys or grab guys after the whistle, now they're in your Thunderdome. Now they're where you want them to be. And so there's this push and pull that goes on throughout the entire series of who's going to play whose game the most. And ordinarily at the end of the series, the team that wins is the team that managed to dominate that area and make the other team play their game. I'm going to say something incredibly obvious here, but I mean, if 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 we continue to see McKinnon get six shots and Landeskoff get four and... This is not going to end well, and it's going to probably end quickly. Just send a guy in warm-up straight across the ice and take him out. To sacrifice somebody. Just say, hey, look it. Hey, Dakota Joshua, you want to play on this team next year? Go right over and crush him. Okay. Yeah, you're okay. not going to be no. playing anymore this year, but yeah. you'll be ready for next year. We're willing to deal with your suspension. <laughs> all right, all right. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Johnny. I know that's the joke. <laughs> Don't do it because he listens. But, but, okay, but that but, stuff did used to happen. But, but yeah. seriously, though, tonight, yeah. do you just come out of the gate, puck drop, and I mean, but we talked about this on Monday. Yeah, but Donnie, the other team plays a game too. Right. No, and you're they right. Move the and they're very fast, and right? they're freaking good. They're fast. They move the puck fast, so it's hard sometimes to drag that into the trenches when you can if you can't get it into the trenches, then you can't play that way. Right. 
So it, it's patience. I, I love I love sports for nothing else because it's well. Why don't you? And why don't you? And I never could. <laughs> like, I, I never could He's the do any of those needs things. To get on man. the ice with the kid. Right? That's, that's what it is, I, right but there. But I mean, I appreciate it. With the kids? But you know, man, like like it just gets to the frustration of everything. I understand that it's not an easy thing to do, but as a fan, you just. You know that part of your brain doesn't and doesn't Absolutely. understand why. Absolutely, you know? and I would anticipate too for game two tonight, uh, the Blues are going to be a little more inspired. I hope. Okay, I hope, and that's what I I imagine happening. And if they're not, then guys, we have our answer, yeah. right? Like it's going to be quick and it'll be painless, and it'll be you know we're looking forward to next season because this Colorado Avalanche team is really good. And if there's no pushback, we can't somehow find a way to play our game or make them play our game. It's just not going to be a long series, unfortunately. Now, if the Blues can come out, play an inspired game, maybe even even if they lose by a goal, but it looks more like Blues hockey, there's a lot of series left. And that's what the Blues have to do is make it look more like Blues hockey. Right. That 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 is and that like is what you could I felt like was missing a, a bit on Monday was just a little bit of that. You know what else was missing? David Perron. Yeah, yeah that's can true. We talk yeah. About, can we talk about old DP here yeah. for a second? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody ever realized how valuable this guy was. I've been saying it for a couple of years now. Nope, I didn't. He's been one of my favorite players, uh, not initially when he came in, because he was kind of young, hot dog guy, and the old get-off-my-lawn guy, me, was like, why is he wearing white skates? How dare this kid have personality? Meanwhile, I was the kid who showed up for my first training camp with hair down to my shoulders and bangs down to my chin. You had a Mork and Mindy t-shirt on, too. Two earrings (laughs) in my left ear, tattoos all over me. That Coach Q did not love. Uh, Coach Q wasn't here yet. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Bob Barry was here, and uh, Bob Barry didn't think much of it, and the players didn't really know what to think of it. So I have learned over the years that I need to shut the hell up. (laughs) Because when I look back at the way Jamie Rivers came in the league— Probably an acquired taste for some veteran guys. <laughs> mm, yeah. yes, yes. Yes. Very much so. So I'm willing to give David Perron a little pass on his first couple of years of being maybe a little flashy with the white skates. I remember him being a little selfish with the puck. And also I remember talk that it was tough to get him off the ice when he was supposed he was, to get off the he ice. 19? Kid. 19, yeah, yeah. kid. He was the best player on his team the year before. It's I, so it's so hard to make that transition and go, well, what, I'm not the best guy here? As a, as a guy who watches and breaks down every single game, I know you remember this goal. I don't remember what year it was, but it was when I was out watching my friend's kid play it uh, at the Hardy's place there. And then we were at dinner in Chesterfield somewhere, and the, t- the game was on, and he went coast to coast and then, like, dangled to, to put it behind the goalie. That I was like, I'm in with this guy for the rest of his hockey career. Well, like two weeks into his career – he stick hand around three guys in the corner, like like he was in a phone booth. And for yeah. the people listening out there, kids listening out there, don't know what a phone booth is. <laughs> it's um, a porta potty with a phone in it. Right. Google it. Yeah. Phone booth. B O O T H. Yes. They did exist, and uh, they were quite popular. <laughs> and David Perron used to stick hand around three people in yes. a phone booth. <laughs> and he was on the phone. And too. he was on the phone. He well, he put them on hold for a second. But no, he's so skilled, and then he's evolved so much as a player. And having the, uh, you know, having been blessed to work with him for the last four or five years in the off season and, and do some skill stuff, this guy just never stops working. What's next? What's next? One more. How about this? And it's like, you got it, man. And it, you, we talk about Ryan O'Reilly all the time, as we should. 
David Perron is right there with him as far as the work ethic and the attention to detail and how focused he is. Watch him in, in the games now, guys. Who the heck can take the puck off of his stick? Dude, that's the truth, man. Yeah. It's crazy. In today's NHL, he can protect the puck and nobody can get it from him. And he goes around the ice with one hand on the stick at times. And he's pulling it around in between guys into his feet, kicking it up back again. He's so frustrating for the opposition. And then, of course, he'll like slash you and chirp you on his way up the ice or like bump the goalie and knock him down. I absolutely love David Perron as a hockey player. I love him, too, as an individual. He's a great, great family guy, great dad for his kids. Um, We miss him. We really miss him in that lineup. It sucks that this is happening at the exact time that it's happening. He would be a big difference maker in a lot of ways. Um, But, you know, got to get past that. Got to get past that. And Craig Berube's not the guy to make those excuses. He's always like, well, this is what the hand we're dealt. I play it. I, I just really love the, the, the David Perron type stories in sports in general because man, I didn't like that dude. And when he got signed back here again for the third time before 2019, I was not pumped. Well, like, you're not I, alone. oh my gosh, no, I was so happy. No, you're not alone. There was a whole fan yeah. base here that uh, hated the Bozak Perron signings. They were like, "What are we doing?" And that was because nothing else had been done yet. Correct. This was prior to the Ryan O'Reilly deal. Yes. And everybody thought, "What are we getting accent pieces for?" Yes. Right, yeah. Well, the, the, like, the, try Perron again. Let's see what happens. The yeah. way that that day went down is one of my favorite things. I was grumpy, 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 Gus on social media. Bozak Perron, right? It's about <laughs> 6.30-something. I'm doing the dishes. I'm looking at my phone, and Jerry Jost from The Urge is calling me. Quite a good hockey player. Good hockey player. Not a guy that calls me regularly, all right? Did you see the trade? What trade? The Blues got Ryan O'Reilly. Shut your freaking mouth. And then it all just kind of started to seem to come together. But also, too, you know, in fairness to me, we see a different player now than we did way back in the day, too, man. 100%. He's a yeah. hell of a player, man. And 100%. you can see the, the personal maturity leading the way there. And to me, there's value in a guy that keeps wanting to come back. Yeah. You know, it's something that to, wants be to be there. about a guy that wants to be. Like, this is not a big market as far as hockey is concerned. And David Perron played in uh, Edmonton. He played in Anaheim. He played in Vegas. He played in Pittsburgh and St. Louis. There's a lot of other teams he could have picked. He came back to St. Louis. That, to me, if I'm if I'm a GM, if I'm Doug Armstrong or I'm Tom Stillman and the agent's calling me and saying, hey, by the way, David really wants to come back to St. Louis. How can we get a deal done? I'm like, we got to get this done. Right. We got to figure it out here. What is and I'm sorry that I don't know you this. You can't put a value on that. What's his contract situation? Uh he's got one more year next year on his deal. Man, see this is this is what also becomes so difficult for this because you've got Bozak up after this year, you've got Schwartz up after this year. You you want to bring those guys back. Perron's a guy you absolutely want to bring back, but there's inevitably has to be turnover. There will be turnover. We can't always yeah. get all of the things that we want. The thing that will have to happen here is Schwartz may not be able to get a raise if he stays here. Maybe he'll get an extra year on the deal. I don't know. Bozak's going to take a haircut for sure, making $5 million right now. That's not happening. He's not going to be a $5 million third or fourth liner here in St. Louis. And I love Tyler Bozak. He's played fantastic down the stretch here and can't say enough about the guy. This is just money talking here, right. and so he's going to have to take a haircut down to between two point five and three million a year. And I think David Perron, you need to extend him. You need to extend oh, him I'm for. So glad to hear you say that because that's two my years. thought too. I think a total of three more years of David Perron, 
And, you know, what I think that you go from there. But I, I certainly don't think you expose him for the expansion. Can you imagine this team this year without him? Oh, my oh, gosh. Man. No, I, mean, no. that te- I don't know me that we're in the playoffs. You, to me, that tells you everything you need to know. Doug Armstrong said we're in the middle of a five-year window. If we're in the middle of it, for real, then you cannot get rid of your top scorer. Okay, so just real quick before we, we wrap up, because i got to get back in the studio, but if, well, you're, you Ty- another job. <laughs> yeah. if you're Tyler Bozak um, and Jaden Schwartz, are you motivated to, to, to take those cuts? I mean, obviously they seem like team players that want to be in a place that they can win, and that's here. But, I mean, to, to me it seems like Tyler Bozak could maybe go somewhere else for the next couple of years and still get another $5 million, $4 million, and not have to take that cut. Yeah, uh, if I'm Tyler Bozak, I'm taking the pay cut, okay? Uh, you look at the age, um, you look at his role right now, he's in a winning team, uh, he's in a great city, his family loves it here. You can't put a price tag on that sometimes. And so, yeah, could he get another half a million somewhere else, maybe an extra million, squeeze an extra here, but then he doesn't play or they buy him out or they waive him and all of a sudden it's an awful trip down you know, down Waver Lane after everything's done. Sounds like a story you've told about yourself before. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather take the good situation. You know the coach. You know the team. You know the city. You know your role. Take a few bucks less. Finish out your career as a St. Louis Blue. Um, you know, heck, you might even stay here. Some guys do that. It's crazy. There's like 45 of us in town. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a plague. Here's how, here's, how I know. <laughs> here's how I know I have a problem with sports. Us talking about this game tonight, I'm nauseous. Like I am, I'm, I am nervous, man. Like I, but it's the best part. It is the best part I just of playoff have to hockey. Go have a Keenan. Yeah, well, that that yeah. sometimes will do the job. Down there to the right, there's yeah. three stalls. Picked I like Lane one. Two. That's you, the best hey, one. you hurt. No, that is not true. Look it up. Lane Two is the one that is most used. Is oh wow! Well, I like Lane Three though because it's probably because I use it. You got more. You got more elbow room. You know what I mean? Oh, if I wanted to, oh, Lane Three. If you want to take your shirt off, you can. Johnny, your wingspan. You got yeah, absolutely. I bring. I bring in a, 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 a grill. Oh, I mean, it's, yeah, you're it's the really guy. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Once a month, we're out in the front because the fire alarms go off. <laughs> well, once I did an omelet station in there one time, and it just didn't really did, work. Didn't out, work. So, well, yeah. you know what? You nah. live. You learn. Hey, you want me to scramble your eggs? Oh, oh boy. no. Jeez. It right. is the last minute blues podcast. Oh, you you got it. I was just going to say, just real fast. Uh, who do you think? Give me a fourth line. Fourth line. Yeah, oh, fourth chef. line. Or or oh. do you make any changes? Just what do you think is in your gut? I know you already talked about it once, but. Will somebody come out, and who will go in? Yeah, I think Zach Sanford comes out, I, I think, because he, it's not that he played bad, played good. Just He's just sort of in the middle, and it's not really adding something to your lineup. Uh, I think yeah, the changes for me, Clem Costin finds his way into the lineup, and I think Ivan Barbashev finds his way down to center the fourth line. Okay. We'll see if that happens. I hope you're right. Here we are. Game game two tonight. Blues and abs. As always, we thank you very much for listening to the Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.